Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our conversations podcast where we spend a bit of time talking about the type of people that we want to become in our communities and in our homes. We hope that this encourages you to live a little bit more like Jesus taught us. God bless you. Well, hello, my name's Mike, and I'm here today with Corey. Hi, everyone. And it's our end of uh, calendar year 2015 here at Emmanuel, and we thought it would be fun to sit down and just tell a couple of stories about things that have happened in this past year. So we broke out the eggnog, and there's some garland hanging over in the corner, and uh, uh, Christmas tree, and all kinds of bright and cheerful, warm emotions filling the room. Mm. It's been a good year. 2015 and and we've seen god do a lot of stuff and show up and 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 do things one of the first things i'd like to talk about is and maybe we've spoken of it here on the podcast is that 2015 was a year where we did some soul searching as a church and as leadership and really said we need to restrike the vision here at at ibc and it's a long story in terms of how that all came to be. Of course, that always comes out of a sense of what's missing here. Why, why aren't we getting it? Why aren't we all on board? Where are we going? Mm. And there can be some frustration that comes, uh, out of that. But when you see that the, the frustration or the, the, the real hunger for direction is all based on vision, then you sort of roll up your sleeves and get about doing that. And, and we did. And I'm really pleased with the vision that's emerging here. And it is whatever it takes to help people find Jesus. Now, some people might hear that and go, that's not exactly a new unique vision. I mean, Jesus kind of said, do that back in Matthew 28, but it's always good to stop and rethink about why we're, why we're doing what we're doing, you know, is the reason you're doing what you're doing the same reason I am and get us all on the same page and remind us what is so central to the the message of Jesus, that God would do anything at all to see people come into his family, into relationship with him, into salvation. And it is just, it's so key for us as a local church to keep remembering what is one of the most important things to God. As churches get bigger, and this is the temptation in every church and in the life of every person who follows Jesus for a long time, and that is our programming. What's our programming for? Why are we doing it, right? Do we do this ministry or that ministry just for the sake of saying we did it or saying we got this many people that are attending it? And why do we do Bible studies? Mm-hmm. Why do we have our small groups and we restruct the vision this year to remind ourselves that whatever we do, whether it's all of our programming, all of our ministries, every Bible study that we do is to equip us to help people find Jesus. And, and so rediscovering our why can result in a reinvigorated passion for things. And I think that we're really just starting to get into that phase of reinvigorated passion, understanding why we do everything that we do. And it changes the decisions we make. And it's a lot of fun. It's it's great to see. You know, another thing that uh, started to happen, I, I can't help but think that it's tied into the uh, uh, the vision and the, the work that God's been doing in our hearts, is that there has been a lot of people uh, taking a, a next step of faith, either coming into relationship with Jesus for the first time or recommitting themselves and showing that through baptisms. Yeah, there was a, there was a series of weeks there 
just even not too long ago where we had a baptism every week or two or three or four baptisms every week. And that, that, that's so fun. Uh, there is a, a sense of excitement and electricity about a baptism. Whenever somebody comes up out of the water, there's cheering and there's clapping mm-hmm. and it feels like, Oh, gee, this is what church should be all about. And it's so fun. I mean, we had, we got to see it happen through family networks. You know, one person would come and then, you know, pretty soon members of their family are getting baptized. And, you know, a couple of years ago, a, a friend of ours came to faith and then she started reaching out to her family and her siblings and their significant others are coming to Christ. And I mean, we should be careful not to daisy chain faith and baptism, but, you know, as an outward sign of something that's happened on the inside already, it's a lot of fun to see that happen. It reminds us that it's all about transformed lives. And I I was speaking to a person just this, this year and they, people are so grateful for the ministry that we do together at, at IBC. Mm. And you see that often in times of baptism, really baptism is truly directed upward, uh, vertically, right? It's a relationship with God that's being celebrated. But it's inevitable that almost every story includes that my life was impacted by the, a ministry that I was a part of, by the people here. And so often you hear the story, as soon as I came through the door, I, there was something different about this place. But then I think you're right as well. There are people, and, and one of the people who's baptized keeps on reminding me uh, every time that we communicate back and forth that really the one of the main reasons why uh, she had a relationship with God um, f- for a long time and mm. she's been serving Jesus for a long time, but she keeps reminding me, it's like, I believe in this vision. I believe that's what the church is all about. I believe that's why we were put here on this earth to reach others for Jesus. Yeah. And again, uh, the term that is being bandied around quite a bit is that we're all in. We're all in on this vision that God wants for us. In one of the ways that happened, uh, within one of the ministries I oversee, within uh, the youth program, we started running the Youth Alpha because uh, they've released some new videos for that. They updated it, and it is some top-notch material. At least right now in 2015, it's top-notch. Goodness knows how fast it'll stale, but uh, and it was so, so for those who don't know the youth alpha program or the alpha program, it's about having conversations about the big issues of life. And it doesn't get any bigger than who is Jesus and what does he mean to my life? And so these videos and this, this ministry, it started, uh, probing questions and we put out a challenge to our students to invite their friends and our kids just picked it like it. I think there's an entire classroom in, like, I think these two kids, they got their entire, students got their entire class to come. Was it like grade eight class? Yeah, or it was like, like a grade that? eight class. And it, I mean, we had to like have multiple grade eight groups. Uh, and it was just so much fun. And even this past weekend in our, our ministry calendar, we had a youth event called, uh, Christmas at the Lodge. And here's a whole bunch of those kids. And Corey, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but some of them are writing notes about, you know, this, I, I'm walking with Jesus now. I'm, mm. I've started walking in this way. And that is just, I mean, that's mind bending. Mm. Uh, Maybe you should exciting. do that event again. Uh, there, there's some questions about that event. <laughs> <laughs> we like it. We like it a lot, but, uh, there's some challenges for that one. Oh, I know. But it's great to see kids start to really connect with Jesus. Yep. 
Uh, for me, uh, one of the highlights of the year was we've been talking about church planting around Emmanuel for quite a while now. And we took our first launch, our first jump, our, our first diving board into church planting. But it looks quite different than I think that most people would think of church being. So if I understand uh, what happens there, everybody gathers in like very straight line chairs and faces the front and uh, chants together, right? That's <laughs> yeah. how that works? It It is it is really kind of a, it, it, it's, it's real church, I think. <laughs> uh, we call it missional community. Uh, partly to get away from the churchy kind of, of language. Because the people we're trying to reach, they've got some obstacles around the, the word church. Yeah. And so I think very few of these people are connected to a church anywhere. And what we did was we basically set up shop. And I'll tell you what shop means in just a minute. But we set up shop in a, a place downtown. And we started out with a barbecue. Yeah, it's as close to an abandoned parking lot as Toro has. Mm. And uh, we also had discussion time and we started praying for each other and we built relationships. And I, I guess to uh, to encapsulate it in three words, people showed up and they, they, came, and they kept coming. People were looking for community. I'm just remembering our advertising budget for this item was a fellow standing on top of a box screaming that there was a barbecue going on. Yeah, it was a really low cost advertising line. Yeah, yeah, that's how the that's how the advertising first happened. <laughs> that's for this how the church. word first got out, but and it now, spread from there. And since we we've developed, right? We we do. I think we're developing more intense discussion around spiritual topics. Yeah, and prayer times are getting longer and longer in terms of their people are sharing more. And not only that, my I think maybe even my favorite story there. Are, couple of couples that have really been connecting with over the last few months that, that go to missional community, building a relationship with them outside of missional community time, which happens on Sunday afternoons. This person is an avowed disbeliever in all of this religious gobbledygook and even God himself, right? I'm not even thinking that there's a God out there. And we pray. And I think maybe tease her, we've teased her a little bit about, Hey, listen, it's coming. You know, you're going to meet God and he's going to change your life. One day she asked us all to close our eyes during prayer time. And she said, I've got a surprise for you. And I had no idea what was coming up. Long story short, she prayed. She prayed a beautiful prayer. It was a simple prayer. It was a heartfelt prayer. Yeah. And I think she's done it again since. I, I think I missed I the second one. I think I was there for the second one. This is great. So people who don't know even, Jesus, yeah, they're, they're they're even starting to pray and try it on for size. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Well, they are. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a funny way to say it. Well, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? That's, that's what, what it we says. call Tuesday nights right now. Yeah, yeah. So that that's one of my and I'm really we need to pray about where that's going uh, because there are a lot of people there and they have intense needs and they really are looking for friendship and relationship. And one of the real challenges in that is to keep front and center that it's not what we bring to the table, whether we're feeding them a meal or whether we're just sitting there talking with them. Their hope isn't in us mm. or what we can provide or what we can offer. We're not the answer to their needs. Jesus yeah. is. And so that's going to be an ongoing story and unfolding as people realize the reason why we're doing this and what we're really bringing to them is not food. It is not even just friendship, but we're trying to bring Jesus to them. So we need to pray about that. 
the uh, summer had lots of fun stuff. Uh, we got to do some uh, ministry within some harder parts of our town through our offsite kids program. And uh, Camp Pegwiak, I always have so much fun being out there uh, for the week of uh, Teen Week. Uh, they're starting to book me now for it, so I'm, I'm already my mind's already halfway there. But one of the most interesting things I saw this summer was at Tidal Impact, which is kind of a a short-term getaway for our students to start experiencing what it's like to do missions. And it's only eight days, and it's relatively nearby in a, a city that's only a couple hours away. But just to put some practicality, some actions to the, the words that we say, it's kind of the whole point behind Tidal Impact. And we were with a particularly large partnership uh, at one church, and so there's multiple ministries going on. Uh, one half of our, or one part of our group was uh, uh, running a kids program. Another part was stopping people on the street and praying, you know, asking if they could be prayed with. And, you know, downtown Moncton, uh, which is a reasonably atheistic city, uh, people are asking teenagers to pray for them. But the thing I, I got to do was lead a team that was uh, cleaning up an old squatter site in part of a park. Uh, the, the hermit had left, but had left behind uh, a lot of debris, and it was becoming a bit of a hazard. And these, uh, these teams that I worked with uh, from a couple of different churches, they hauled, the, the town let us know later how much it was, 11 and a half tons of stuff by hand, uh, a kilometer and a half through a bog, uh, out to a dump truck pickup site. And, you know, there'd be a part of us that go, well, why is that ministry? Like they were just cleaning up a park. But it had become such a concern to the town. And they were budgeting like a, f- a full work crew 18 months to do it. And our, our guys did it in, in <laughs> wow. four mornings. Oh, wow. Um, it became such good news to the town that the mayor of the city actually contacted uh, one of the churches that were involved just to talk about what's different about your students, what's different about your place. And that kind of thing, I mean, that that much hard work to open up a conversation with somebody, mm. that's such a blessing. Uh, that, and I, I got to see our students take the uh, charging uh, on that to, to run out in front. And that was so much fun. Yeah. So there are things that we see that happen that everybody can see happen. They're really visible, like baptisms. And mm. when we op- when we set up shop downtown, people can see that. But there's so much also that happens behind the scenes. It's the you know one-on-one discipleship that yeah. we do. It's it's reaching into people's lives with who are hurting and being able to meet them in times of need, not dismissing any of that, that those are highlights as well. Oh but, yeah. We're just talking about some of the big things we get to see. Yeah. And so, um, I one guess, of our friends sits in a, an office just down the hall from us on an almost daily basis. And just, she gets to meet people where they're at and have real discipleship and ministry and, and changing their lives in very practical ways. And so that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. To see too. The reason I say that is some people might be listening to this and, and maybe even we've had some real connecting moments where we've knocked down the walls of heaven together or where we've really grown together and had great experiences together. And uh, if you're listening and 
we've been a part of our lives together. You're on my list too, but mm. we just wanted to <laughs> to speak about what are some of the things we we saw in group life and yeah. together. The last thing that I'll remember is this, and and that is that. Uh, what Paul said in Philippians chapter three. And I think this is often said at the beginning of a new year, but these verses speak about how important the past is and that we're building on the past, but there's a part of us that wants to forget about the past and to press forward or look forward to what lies ahead. And this is why we can do that. As we review the past year, we'll see, oh, these are things that we left undone. Then we'll also see, well, these were the things that were really important, really yeah. mattered, just so we can look forward to 2016 and pray that God blows the top off of this thing. Yeah, because every year has its high points and low points. You know, we've we've had births and deaths. We've had salvations and and people who have had some real significant doubts. But it is so good to see that the overall theme of God's work here is moving people forward, mm-hmm. moving forward as a community together. We've got no reason to think that's going to change. Mm. Uh, God has been faithful so far, and I suspect that he'll keep telling us the direction we're supposed to be moving and get to, we'll get to see what he's doing along the way. And that'll, it won't be to our credit. It'll be to his. Remembering and storytelling helps us to press forward. And that's, so yeah. that's why we've done that today. Well, my uh, pretend cup of eggnog is empty and uh, our fake fire in the corner isn't really there at all. And uh, there's no garland hanging anymore, but we hope that you're having a great Christmas. Uh, Know that we're praying and uh, caring for you if you're part of our our community. I guess we pray and care for you if we don't know you, but uh, especially for those who call Emmanuel home. uh, We're glad to be doing this trip with you and God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you in 2016. See you. Bye. See, that would be a perfect blooper if we go like 45 minutes now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not going to happen. I want to start this podcast again. Sure. All right. fine. Because I have no idea where I'm going with that. No problem. If you want me to start, I can start. Sure. Too. Yeah. Um, did you want to say anything about like why storytelling is good or remembering is good? Well, that's not bad. Never thought of that. but Okay. So I was going to make a joke about getting all sentimental and needing Kleenex boxes to for the tears as we reflect <laughs> on the last year, and then we'll end by singing "Old Lang Syne," you know. And yeah, you'll end by singing "Old Lang Syne." <laughs> I don't sing, <laughs> but you know that your idea is better. I think. Yeah. <laughs>